Welcome to the Vine Resources Podcast Show. Welcome to another edition of the Vine Resources Podcast Show. I'm absolutely delighted this afternoon to have with me on the line Dagmar Schuller. Uh, Dagmar, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for asking me to join you. Uh, Dagmar, look, I would love to tell our audience a little bit more about your company in Germany um, and find out a little bit more background about you. So uh, why don't we get stuck in and um, love to hear a little bit about your company. Well, I'll be glad to tell you something about it. So my company is called Audiering, which is a word for audio and engineering, and that's exactly what we do. We do intelligent audio engineering, and basically, uh, in a nutshell, what we enable uh, machines to do is to act and react empathically based on our audio and intelligence analysis. So uh, we are not analyzing what somebody is talking, but how. So basically, we really understand how somebody feels, and that's also the portion that we are greatly known for, which is emotion recognition. But we can also do a lot of other things with analyzing the audio, so we can enable basically other products or other companies to have intelligent machines acting and reacting based on intelligent audio analysis, which gives them a really great value. Just out of interest, and what type of customers are interested in, in buying your product? Basically, um, most of the big multinational companies, but also a couple of uh, mid-sized companies. For example, uh, the automotive industry is very interested in our services and our products uh, for driver state detection or guest state detection, how people feel when they are in the cabin and how uh, they feel when they are driving. Or, for example, also emotion recognition and feeling and stress level recognition in call centers or any customer-centric related services. Also for market research, product and brand testing, or for media, so you can basically evaluate how people feel and what people do. And another very big part that we are actually providing is an acoustic scene analysis, where we can basically um, make you feel and make you hear how certain uh, places listen or how certain places are from an acoustic perspective, which opens up a big room of uh, possibilities for companies, for example, device manufacturers, with yeah. this type of intelligence added to enable their devices to um, basically uh, comply to the sounds and denoise or enhance sounds that are good or that are bad for the certain people. So basically, anything that makes a big value out of audio analysis, that's what we do. Fantastic. Well, look, thanks for giving us that introduction. And I know there's about 16 of you in the organization, and I think you're about uh, 25, 30 miles from Munich, aren't you? Is that correct? Yes. Fantastic. Yes, that's correct. We're actually in a cool business innovation area in the so-called Five Lake area in Bavaria, which is also very scenic because there are five lakes around, so also a very good area for recreation. And lovely to visit us, so anytime, come over and enjoy some time with us. Thank you, Dagmar. What a typical day looks like for you as the uh, the CEO of the company. So a typical day of mine actually starts out quite early, as also a mother of two, uh, where <laughs> I have to prepare the children for school. But then I actually am so lucky that I can jump on my bicycle on a nice day and uh, go to the office, which is not too far away, which I enjoy already. Fantastic. And uh, try to basically... Um, be creative from the first minute that I'm in. So when I'm coming in, uh, basically I have uh, first talks with my people, have to check where, how they are and where they are. We make short recaps of 
projects, uh, where their spaces is and where they stand and whether they face certain challenges. And then we'll try to basically structure and prioritize which things we do first. And I uh, have a very close relationship directly with the technical people because I always am the most untechy people and uh, person in the company. <laughs> so for me, it's always very vital to understand what they are actually doing for yes. doing. But I, I completely agree. As soon as it comes to those really big numbers of Greek signs on our whiteboard, I have to tell them, oh, please stop, because that's not what I understand anymore. Uh, <laughs> but uh, basically, um, we are trying to work together and not limit ourselves. And that's what my typical work day looks like. So uh, from the very first trick cab in the morning, we're trying to structure and trying to focus and prioritize certain things until actually whenever it deems to end. And a day doesn't end certainly at six o'clock or so where everybody drops the pencil and goes home. No, we are very result-focused people. So uh, if we are recognizing that there's a certain drive and that we want to finish certain things or we impose a 24-hour challenge on ourselves, which we regularly do, uh, we are going for it. And that also means, of course, that the CEO is going for this as the first person. I love that 24-hour challenge. That sounds fantastic. And I, and I think, as you just said there, you know, leading by example is, is, a, is a great way to take the team and take the troops, as it were, to get that success. From your career so far, can you name a person that's perhaps had tremendous impact on you as a leader? Maybe someone who's even been a mentor to you? Okay. Because I think in my opinion, he's uh, made some very vital statements that I try to implement in my day-to-day -day business life. And uh, for example, one of them is quality is not an act, it's a habit, and I couldn't agree more. And the second one that I always try to do and live is pleasure in the job uh, puts perfection in the work. So for me and also for my team, it is always very important that we... Uh, like what we do, that we are really engaged with what we do, and that we really think it's uh, bringing, moving not only ourselves forward, but the products moving our clients forward or even society forward if we're thinking about health projects. And especially in that area, for example, we are doing a robot for autistic children that teaches them how to understand and also act emotionally. Uh, this is something that really gives yourself so much back where you're so happy that actually you were able to show and provide such things uh, to other people that are really helpful. Mm. And uh, this is something that is, an, as I said, enormous pressure for us, where the quote from Aristotle was the pleasure in the job, puts perfection in the work. is something that we just not put out there, but we really try to look after that. Do you know what? That's fantastic to hear. And, and you, you, know, you led that so well into what I was going to talk about next. Which exactly, and you brought it up there, was was around employee engagement, and you know I believe, of course, that's critical to any success of uh, the success of any business. What do you do from the top to keep your employees engaged in the in in, in what you're doing? Well, basically, I think there are three main aspects. The very first one is that I try to offer an extremely good working climate. So that uh, people really like to come in every day, that they enjoy being in a team that is very much forward thinking. The second is that I 
really try to uh, make the work very interesting to them and that they really feel that they can contribute to a bigger thing than just putting in some outlines uh, that nobody else will care about. So what I try to do is to make them really understand what impact each of them actually has on the outcome of the result and also on the product and to make them feel the value that they are actually creating. I think that is really important. And the third part, it's, it's also an important one, is called Schofokrosis. Uh, you asked probably what this is, but um, we have a couple of people here that are really very much into sweets and nice stuff. And mm -hmm. for me, it's very important that they're happy, so I try to uh, keep always our stock of uh, nice sweets and chocolates very high, so everybody is just happy that everything is there, what they really like. Fantastic. That's good. Look, I'll have to send you one of our sweet jars down from London now, so your team can... <laughs> team can try them try them out what do you think is perhaps the biggest challenge that's facing leaders today in your opinion i think the biggest challenge is a cultural one and one of uh, basically trust mm -hmm. i think one of the biggest changes in our current uh, business life situations is that you're not uh, able sooner or later to keep this typical nine to five jobs where everybody's coming in, sitting at the desk and going home and maybe doing something or maybe not. Our work is going to be predominantly very talent based and it actually shouldn't matter where the talent sits or where the talent is as long as the talent identifies him or herself with the culture, with the company, with the product and with what they are doing. Yes. So basically what I think is that we have to establish much more trust in the people that they are disciplined and that they can actually contribute even if they are not always present at the company and that we have to allow ourselves not to uh, limit the times when they appear but if somebody has a different biorhythm and is still very result oriented i have to allow to work this person uh, that this person works in a different time set maybe in order to achieve the best goals that we can get and to interpret all those different type of individualized necessities and talents, I think this is one of the biggest challenges where leaders have to open up with regards to their mind, with regards to their thinking of how to actually achieve most of the things with this different type of talent groups. Do you know what? I think that's a really good point. And if I think about the, the customers that we speak to on a daily basis, I can see that in the marketplace. and. You know, if you put that kind of comment out on LinkedIn, you get thousands of candidates who would completely agree with you. And uh, I think that companies need to adapt uh, in the marketplace to attract the best talent. What's the best piece of business advice that you've ever received? Well, actually, I've received this business advice about 20 years ago from a very successful founder who is now a multi-billionaire. He's actually coming from the very or very close small cities like I am uh, from Austria. It's just like 800 people. He told me one sentence when we met. He said, well, girl, if you want to do something in business, always do something that you really like and uh, that you really enjoy because if you found that one, you'll actually do it better than everybody else. And um, that's exactly the thing. Mm. If you do not enjoy what you want to do, or what, you, uh, what you're doing in your business life, you'll never be good at it. And that's the best advice that he could give me. Fantastic, fantastic. Wasn't Arnold Schwarzenegger, was it? 
<laughs> you know, you've obviously brought new uh, new people into the organisation uh, and built up a culture of that business. How do you help a new employee understand the culture of your company? Basically, we let him or her try out things. So the very first time that people are onboarding with us, they usually get a project that is not uh, client-focused, but that is rather research-focused that gives them or provides them with all angles of what we are doing so that they can try out and that they can start thinking because that's very important for me that they don't do things that they are only told to do, like step by step. That's just one uh, uh, part of the business, but that they really start using their head and really think and try to be creative and enjoy what they are doing. So I try to uh, have all new employees do a little research project on their own just to get engagement with what we are doing, whether this is, for example, putting our emotion recognition software on a Lego robot, or uh, whether this is basically any type of other research where we are just checking, okay, how funny are YouTube videos? Uh, can we detect laughter and can we laugh at the videos, for example? Those type of little tiny projects are things that have led for us to uh, bigger projects that we actually can, could even sell to clients, which I think is a very cool idea to bring people in. That's a, that's a great idea. I love that one. I might even, might even try that myself. Well, what's the one mistake you witness leaders making more frequently than, than others? Well, lack of trust, again. Mm. But it's, I think, a lack of trust and lack of understanding uh, in the way that if I'm a leader, I really have to lead people on. And a lot of leaders that I know, uh, they are actually leaders rather in a way that they um, try to dictate what has to be done and that they don't allow any type of criticism or any type of new creative ideas out of their bases. And I think that's a big, big mistake because there's nobody in this world who knows everything and who can be uh, as creative as everybody else. So they are missing out on a lot of innovation uh, potential on the one hand, and on the other hand, uh, they are not leaders that people want to follow. Basically, people like that, uh, if they're really good talent, they are searching for leaders that actually bring out their talent and that actually make them feel good rather than just trying to get their resources from nine to five. Absolutely. In your industry, what do you see the changes happening in the next few years and particularly around the ability to attract and hire, retain the best people, aside from that uh, changes perhaps to the, the working uh, environment? artificial intelligence will uh, disrupt the market, especially the employment market, heavily. I think uh, that we have a special responsibility and also a special necessity to create awareness uh, on the necessities what are, are important in order to basically um, change this type of industry. Let me give you one example. If somebody says, okay, uh, for example, in healthcare, we are going to implement robots that basically are taking care of elderly people or taking care of sick people in order to basically um, allow them uh, to um, have more conversations or to remind them to take the pills or stuff like that, that will actually impact that sometimes other people, human people, would not get the job anymore. And I think 
industry, uh, the shift from automa- uh, automatization to uh, a human part where everybody is fearing I'm losing my job is something that has to be very clarified. I think it's not a losing a job, but it's rather, rather a transition to another level of job or to another necessity of job that can only be fulfilled by a human person. And this big shift basically is going to happen sooner than later. And that's why I said before, we also have to change our thinking as a leader on how we're working with people and how we are attracting certain talent. Because the whole employment area is going to change tremendously by exactly the technology that we are enabling and putting in. Yeah, it's a it's very amazing times, and it's coming much faster than people re- some people realise. Of course, if you Absolutely. Dagmar, if you had your your time again and you were giving your twenty year old self advice, what's the one thing you would say? T- I would say be more confident. <laughs> Don't let everybody else try to overrule you. Be more confident. Try to be creative yourself. And if somebody tells you uh, it's not working, don't be sad. Just try to make it work if you think or really know that it's working. Fantastic. Really appreciate that one. Um, now, my final, my final question for you is, you know, uh, and forgive me if my geography is a bit off, but obviously you're down in southern Germany. Uh, tradi- yes. Traditionally, you know, when I, when I go down to southern Germany, perhaps even down to, to even further down to Garmisch, for example, um, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. meet too many people who speak, uh, speak English. Now, you're, you're quite unusual in your company where English is actually the language that you're happy to work in. You don't need to have German speakers. Is that right? Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes, that's absolutely correct. So uh, our main language here, even in uh, southern Bavaria, which is <laughs> yeah, very traditional, let me tell you that. <laughs> we host the Great Oktoberfest, only 25 kilometers from here. <laughs> um, we speak English because, as I said, uh, for me, it is important that the person I work with has a certain talent, and it's not important what type of language the person speaks. So um, we have mostly non-German-speaking people in the company, and we have them from all over the world. We have Chinese people, we have French people, we have Italians, we have uh, people from Iran, from Croatia, from Albania working for us. And of course, I try to help them a little bit, so we also have a German teacher, so that they can get around here that lectures German twice a week here in the company. And everybody can voluntarily take those lessons, but our main language is English. Fantastic. That's great to hear. That's great to hear. And it's nice to have such a cosmopolitan and international team as well. Yes, <laughs> I uh, love it very much. Final, final point is, um, Dagmar, thank you so much for being on the show. It's so, it's so insightful to get so much information and insight from you. What's the best way of people to connect with you if they want to get in touch? Lovely. Oh, and there the phone goes off as well. Always busy. All the audio. Always busy. (laughs) Dagmar, thank you so much for being on the show, and I look forward to speaking to you again in the future. Thank you very much for having me on the show, and this was a pleasure. Thank you.